This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. I'm Richard Woodred and joining me to talk about the year that was 2020 for Ipswich Town is Graham Mack from Radio Suffolk, Andy Warren of the EADT and Kings of Anglia and our own Joe Fairs. We hope you enjoy it. Um, and August, Graham, it starts It starts to get real. We've got friendlies. We actually have football. We had you know live streams on Facebook, um, Cambridge, um, West Ham, Spurs, Cole Ewan, some kind of weird mini tournament. Um, mm. At this point, Graham, are you just delighted to have football back? At all? F- football and Ips, because the Premier League obviously kept going, but are you just delighted to have stuff back? You know, you're just yeah, as a human def- being now rather definitely, than just Definitely. When we, got, when we got a date for the season and we knew we'd have a, you know, the first match day programme in September, it was started with the League Cup, didn't it? That, that, the, the League yeah. Cup game felt like, right, Excellent. It was obviously very, very different, but we were we were used to football without supporters by then. It was just the, the first time we were witnessing Ipswich Sam without supporters. Um, I, I remember watching the Tottenham friendly as well and thinking, you know, it's great to great to see them back. And and obviously things started well, but yeah, it was good to it, it felt good to be back in the back in the old routine then for sure. And and starting to have things tangible things to talk about because we had you know we talked about the EFL stuff and. At the ending of the season, it's all kind of, as I say, it's all panto. And now we've got transfer rumours, albeit not a huge amount about that. Fixture lists, new kits. Um, end of August, we've got this triple signing. Graham, I'll get, I'll get your thoughts on this as well. Um, it took a while. Um, and then three in one day, Hawkins, Ward and Cornell. Your your sense about those? I, yeah, I've, all three. I was, I was fine with a little bit concerned about the fact that Hawkins hadn't scored a goal the previous season, but I could see why he'd been brought in as kind of a, a different type of option up top. Um, the, the Cornell signing, it, it obviously didn't blow me away um, I, and I wasn't really sure whether town needed a, another keeper. I think they had, you know, the likes of Harry Wright and Percy back under, uh, under Thomas Holy at uh, Stephen Ward, though, I thought was a, I thought was an excellent signing. And I think he's, I don't know, it, it, 
maybe maybe he's tailed off in in the same way that the team has. Um, but I don't think you could really vote against that signing when he when he came in. Has Ward got a stature about him, Andy? Have you spoken to him that yeah. you can tell he's been there and done that? Yeah, you can you can tell you can tell, genuinely can tell that he's been um you know, he's he's been a lot higher, he's played international football, he's played a lot of Premier League football, he, he just carry he carries himself like that kind of guy. And I felt the same as as, as Graham when that when that deal got done. They'd they'd had a dance with Luke Garbert all summer, who yeah. um which obviously didn't end up happening for it for Ipswich. I would imagine he probably probably regrets that, not 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 taking that was what was there for him. But then if you go in and they moved quickly after that. They moved quickly, got Stephen Ward in and he, he ticked a lot of boxes, as did Cornell and Hawkins. They they were kind of like squad filler, weren't they? They were holes, slightly different types that maybe filled in a couple of a couple of gaps without blowing you away. And that's what that day felt like. They kind of just filled out filled out the squad with with what was missing and retool and go again. That's what it felt like that day to me. Into September and, and, and we've got actual football, actual matches. Um I do need to just preface this and I'll and I'll and I'll go to Joe on this as well. Here's some here's some quotes from the press cuttings that I've managed to gather in doing actual proper research. Um Stuart Taylor, preseason was good, but mistakes must be eradicated. Um Lambert, um the owner's more hands-on involvement benefits everybody. Um Lambert, do I look as if I feel under pressure? Um, Lambert, if you're in the shirt, it's yours to lose. Um, I think previously Matt Gill had said consistency of style and identity is going to be vital. Um, do, do those give you reassurance um, having ended the season with Coventry and a 1-0 defeat and an 11th point finish? Um, where were you on Paul Lambert before a ball was kicked? And did any of these quotes fill you with any confidence that this season was going to be any different? And right on cue, here was, what is this show? Service, isn't it? I need to text my, I need to text my wife. I mean, flipping hell. I mean, we can um, have a very good evening. I've got my bottle open as well, but I did actually have one. Goodness me, that's... But, um, I, Should we just, repeat the question by then? No, no, I remember. <laughs> it, it, it was all the stuff that we had been wanting to hear effectively and wanting to see because it was like I say the biggest frustration for me it wasn't like I say the, the people talk about the rotation of players but for me it was just a rotation of style shape play and sort of when you sort of listen to sort of some of what the players were saying it was a case of almost we find out the team at sort of Saturday at one o'clock and we haven't done any work on that shape a week and things and it's just sort of basic basic stuff and so it's like a good thing to hear it, but it's almost gone sort of too far the other way now, isn't it? Where we're so tied to something that the pl- just doesn't suit the players available. But it it was what I wanted to hear, and it seemed the right thing to do. It's a it's a worry though that when an owner of Marcus Evans, like I say, this is somebody who, when he first bought the clubs, having to have somebody sit next to him and basically talking through a game of football like you're talking to a three year old, from what I understand, that he is now in a position where he's telling. A manager who's played for some big clubs and some big games and some okay. big tournaments, and also spent a spell in Germany. What, apparently, so he mentioned it today as well. I noticed, but um, he's telling this manager what he needs to be doing. So it's like, why are you paying a manager 
sort of top money on a five-year deal in League One, if you and presumably Leo Neal as his football advisor are are the ones dictating to to him what he should be doing, it seems a little bit arse about face. Well, whatever happens, Marcus Evans' influence works, doesn't it? Because in the league, there's three 2-0 wins. Um, there is a, a pretty um, com- convincing victory of a Bristol Rovers in the League Cup as well. Um, so Marcus Evans in, Andy. I mean, we, we, talked about, we talked about pattern of play constantly on the pod um, last year, and it felt the consistency of selection was there. We've got Aaron Drynan, who who is who just came into that lone striker role, and it just seemed to work for him. Um, and sadly, got injured. But even this centre back pairing of NCR and Wilson that was that was given constant selection, everything just seemed settled and stable and yeah. paid off, didn't it? Yeah, briefly. It it's, yeah, briefly, it certainly did. I, I, I'm with Joe on the on the debate over last season. It's, it was more systems than players for me, and you could not get a more a more kind of 180 shift in that now because I don't know. Like if you watch the team warm up before the game, they do a drill where they stand in their they stand in their shape. I think they've actually stopped doing it now because they cottoned on that the opposition had been watching it. But they stand exactly in their shape as they're going to play. Stuart Taylor drops the ball and they pass it around, do their patterns of play, and then the striker hammers it into an empty net at the end. And I led to believe they run off celebrating. <laughs> James Norwood does. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm led to believe that was training for. They they did that to death over the summer. So they really, really have been trying to hammer that home. And you're right, at times it did work, but it was particularly runners from midfield that I was enjoying that Teddy Teddy Bishop, Bishop was, the, yeah. was the was the Teddy Bishop that we all want want to see. John Nolan started the season well. Obviously Guion Edwards had his spell after that. The goals were coming, not from the central striker. Although as you say, Drynan Drowning came from nowhere and just seemed to fit, didn't he? He just he just seemed to fit with everybody else without having the goal threat that maybe a Norwood head like a headless chicken Norwood might have had at times. It it just seemed it did seem like something was was really really coming together. But then, sorry if I'm jumping this on a bit too far, Rich, but it's almost like the similar that the, the previous season where it's coming together, it's coming together, it's coming together. Adversity, bang. They lost it. Was it Doncaster? Yeah. Uh, and from there, it just sends in a wobble, just like the um, the uh, Accrington and, and Rotherham defeats the previous the previous seasons. Yeah. It might, it might be something you've picked up on more, Andy. But when I was in the ground for the Portsmouth game, the sort of the players were quite lively, and their sort of tails were up, and the manager was busy on the sideline. But as soon as we conceded that first goal, it just it was so quiet after that. After that, the only mm. person you could hear after that was Luke Chambers. And it's just the, I don't know, it just see the manager that almost just looks so subdued. Like, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to give it one more big go. And then when he loses, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a different character on the touchline to the one that kind of bounced in, in, in November, 2018, isn't he? In terms of, en- in terms of energy. But the, the, the season started like that in these empty stadiums with cardboard cutouts. Everyone was so loud. All the players were so loud. Lambert was loud. Stuart Taylor was loud. Matt Gill in particular was loud. But of late, things had just tailed off and it was getting more and more quiet at games. Even Luke, Luke Chambers, who is really good value to hear what he says during a game normally, really vocal. Even he was starting to get 
get quiet. And that Portsmouth game felt like with some fans back in the crowd, they were able to lift themselves a little bit and realise they were putting on a show, maybe. But then, like Joe said, once you once they conceded a goal, it, it, it dropped away again. And, and and that's that has worried me since around the middle of the middle of November, maybe early November, the 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 noise has gone. The the drive has gone. And and that's a that's a real concern to me. And they need to find that from somewhere. The regression back to what we I were saying. Gone as well as the is the consistent team selections completely gone. They've not been helped by that. You have to kind of I think give the throw the manager a, a little bit of rope. He he he's he's brought it up a lot. The fact that he's been without so many players, but he's right. He really hasn't been helped on that front at all. I think one of the big uh, losses was that when the the uh, the Bishop Nolan and Dazel midfield got broken up. Things started yeah. to kind of fall apart a little bit. Then I remember when Sears got his um his two goals on the opening day as well. A week prior to that, I'd been on the radio and I predicted that Sears was going to get twenty plus goals. So when he got those two, I was like, "Yes, come on!" <laughs> no, <laughs> that completely fell apart. Um, so he he really really hasn't been helped. I think I, I mentioned right at the start as well. Um, games like Sunderland, Lincoln, decisions going against them, and I know you could say that evens out throughout a season, and it does happen to everybody. But there was just a series of events where I just thought, I just, I just think their luck has not been in this season mm. at all. Sadly, those those decisions, they came in games where, where Ipswich didn't look like scoring goals particularly. So when you're, if you're struggling to score, this was the argument in the, in the championship that I think they defended okay under Lambert in the championship for, for the vast majority of it, but they couldn't score. And eventually you're putting so much pressure on your defence to, to keep it out because you can't score enough goals to mm. win a game two one, some you're putting that much pressure on that ultimately Toto Enciala does give a silly penalty away against Lincoln because he's had to defend so well for for eighty minutes. Just the concentration just goes, and that on a broader theme, that that that's been the what rather than the defending, it's the lack of punch that's that's worried me in 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 terms of. Yeah. Why, why they can't win these games? That's I, I haven't looked at the stats this season, but I remember looking at them last season, and, and it was something silly that if we scored the first goal, we went on to win almost. I think it was like thirteen games we scored the first goal, and we sort of won ten and drew drew three or lost three. And then, and when the thirteen games where we didn't score the first goal, it was like one one lost 10 or something like this or it, it, it was that I, I can't remember the exact numbers but it was silly numbers like that both ways and it just shows that the defense are just they're just walking on a tightrope the whole game knowing that if they concede a goal basically it's game over and it's just, it's the same now as it was then I know we've come back to beat sort of Shrewsbury the other week but it's like I say it's, they're few and far between when we go one nil down and like I say the the attack do not get us out of any holes really I was going to say, mitigating circumstances. There was some of that luck that Graham was talking about, that freak own goal that got us back into the Shrewsbury game because we were huffing and puffing in that one. I mean, Graham, I just wanted to, um, whether the, you know, the September we've got, we're, we're top of the league. Lambert wins manager of the month, I believe, or is that in October, possibly? Um, were you having people on saying, this is our season, this is our year, or was there still. Mm. I, no, I wouldn't say that. I think the phone-ins have been, they've been quite busy all season. Obviously, they've been a lot busier of late. Um, nobody was really coming on saying, oh, we we got the manager wrong last season. I've, I've always felt, actually, that even with the good start this season, because of the way things ended last season, because of those 
strange series of interviews and the five-year deal at the turn of the year, I always felt like some people were just waiting for, we'd just been waiting for that one defeat, that one occasion for it to go wrong against uh, a more worthy opponent, as it were, one of the one of the so-called top teams in the division for, for the wheels to potentially fall off, not just with the team, but with kind of the people people listed in as well and um straight away off the back of Doncaster it was it was almost like some people had forgotten you know the previous few weeks when when Tam were doing really well and they got themselves back up the top but the minute things started to go wrong it's like right we can, we can kind of have a go at him again is, is, is what it felt like it, it reminds me of mix last season where we won the first five games and we lost at home to Fulham who were like the title favorites and we were like booed off the pitch after we were still probably in the top two of the championship and we sort of booed off the pitch because we lost at home to Fulham. And I think it was just at that point, you sort of realised too much damage is done. And you, you I say we only follow Ipswich, so we don't know all the clubs. Andy might know a bit more from his time elsewhere, but I just cannot remember a time where a manager's been so, so far gone effectively that they've managed to come back and turn it around from there. Yeah, it does have sense, does it? And I, I also think we're a bit of a knife edge, though, because I I do get the sense while I, while I genuinely believe that's true, people were cut up, some people were kind of waiting for, for a four-one Doncaster defeat so they could get the knives out again. I think we've reached a, a really interesting point in recent weeks. After uh, you know, we've had four halves of football at Portman Road since fans returned. Town have been booed off for three of those, but they got over the line against Burton in the end. Um, and I just I, I kind of sense that if if we, if there can be a victory in the next game against one of the, you know, so-called bigger rivals, or we can get one or two of those, I think things will start to turn because you look at the look at the results we've had recently. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, tell, we, the the Shrewsbury victory, that phone-in felt like a defeat. We've just scraped over the line against Shrewsbury. They can't do anything. This Ipswich Town team is rubbish. Shrewsbury have gone on to beat Hull and Lincoln. People are starting to see. This yeah, is they're currently one up at Doncaster with ten minutes left. There we go, live reports. This is good. It's a, such a strange division this year. It really is. It was much more predictable last season. I think it's 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 so strange. Town are actually the most predictable team in the division because you know that if you're if you're if you're ninth or below, you're going to get beat by Ipswich Town. If you're above that, you're you're probably going to win. You get you're, you're yeah. going to at least get a point out of the game. Everybody else is so unpredictable. Hull have shown that in recent weeks. They've gone off the rails. People are starting to think actually. We can just a couple of wins against those teams above, then it might turn. If Paul Lambert can get them soon, then I think he's. He, he, I, I do genuinely believe he can. He can possibly turn it around. Is, is Fleet with that game? Or, coincidentally, on because we've lost. I mean, we're skipping around now, which is fine. I'm totally fine. Um, Northampton and Wimbledon is 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 now postponed. But yeah. let's say we um, negative tests and all that kind of stuff, and we come back. Fleetwood, I guess, aren't probably at that point going to be in the top ten. Maybe I suspect, but no, I don't know whether Fleetwood are seen as one of those teams now. I think I it's scalp, I guess. For I, I think, it, I think it's interesting the way the tables sort of falling because of the fixtures. It's a very strange season with regards to teams missing games. And after we beat Burton, Lambert sort of came out quite bullish and sort of, oh, we're two points off second or wherever we were in the league, we're fifth with all these injuries. Where, but then obviously the weekend happened and we're now effectively dropped down to sixth but none of the teams above us two of them have got games in hand on us and they're above us and we could we could come out of this two game postponement be ninth or tenth in the league without really having any games in hand on the teams above us so where the league table was sort of maybe artificially doing him a favor previously it now may be almost artificially hurting him as well on the other side of it 
like I say, if, if we're tenth when we play on January the second, whoever that is, and we lose that game and we're stuck down in tenth, maybe that is a point where Evans starts to worry about the top six. I'm there. We're we're close to kind of finishing off the the season in terms of um, the results and stuff like that, which is fine. There's a there's a few bits and pieces of news that I just wanted to to chuck at you and get some views on. We've obviously missed out on some of the loan signings, McInnes um, and Kenan Bennett's join, obviously in the October window, I guess as it was. Um, the injuries start to kick in. We've already mentioned Drynan, um, and then um, Norwood is out in October. Scoose is. Um, has been out and is expected to be back for a month with a minor up and not been seen since. In October, Kane Vincent Young was still a month away. Um, we've got the um, League One, League Two rescue package. We've got Project Restart. I mean, we've talked about these on, on the pods as well. Lambert was the manager of the month for September. I've mentioned that. Um, but there's two bits of news here, which I guess have, um, before we kind of get into the more angsty stuff, um, Luke Chambers becomes, um, I think he's either the top, 10 or ninth all-time appearance maker for ITFC and also at a similar time Kieran Dyer returns as under 23's coach um Andy you 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 said before that um Luke Chambers is someone you want to hear hear from I mean a true servant who possibly doesn't get the credit from the, the wider supporter base that perhaps he deserves he's always going to be yeah. the context is always going to be a, a, a asterisk against his name in some people's eyes isn't it which is yeah his fault. i i think so i think we, we've heard about luke um other other people have said of luke that he takes too much has taken too much on his shoulders at times has taken too much responsibility he's the guy that dishes out all the players tickets for like family and friends tickets he's the guy that does that he organizes like social stuff but i think he also takes on too much of it ipswich town's baggage on on his shoulders yeah, he's been here the whole. He's been here the whole time. He's been here. Those. This is ninth season, I think. So he he does he does come with some baggage of the past. But for me, for me, he's been one of the one of the most consistent players that Ipswich have got for for the three the three and a half years that I've been covering the team. Be that at centre back, be that at right back. I, I think he's been an excellent an excellent servant servant to the club. And while he'll never be He'll never be revered in the way that Matt Holland, Marcus Stewart, and then obviously the, the boys of eighty one will be. You can't you can't knock the service that that man's given to the club and how much he cares and how much of both his life and his self he he has given to the club. It's genuine. There's a lot of bravado there with Luke. He's he's got a layer of there's an e, there's an ego there, but it's a likable one. And and I, and I think I personally think he's been an excellent servant to the club over a, over a long time. I second that completely. I think, and I saw after the Charlton and the Hull defeats, a fair few people saying, "Where's our captain? Why isn't he, you know, front, you know, fronting up and, and facing the press at this point?" You could never accuse Luke Chambers of not, no. you know, standing up and being counted. Um, I completely echo that. And and also, if you if you have to pick, you have to pick like a player of the season. He's one of those Luke Chambers who really gets injured. He's always so many potential contenders for player of the calendar year you kind of think oh yeah but they missed that chunk of the season they they missed that month because of injury luke chambers is is always there i sometimes think you talk about um him taking taking on too much i think he he 
he feel I don't want to say he feels losses and he feels the hardship too much as well because you've you've got to be upset with the defeat you've got to be upset when things go wrong for your club but you you know when when Ipswich Town don't get a result it really really hurts Luke Chambers yeah you, know, you can you know, see this the club, 100% this this club means so much and there's nobody that will want to succeed the, the club to succeed more than the Luke Chambers and and Joe um, Kieran Dye returning at the end of 23s and and what that might mean longer term again uh, you know I, I've got involved in some um, Twitter debates about Kieran Dyer's merits and 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 a lot of people want to put Kieran Dyer down as well but by the sounds of it he's really well thought of behind the scenes really excellent article um, about him and Terry Butcher on TWTD wasn't there what as, as someone who follows a lot of the academy goings on what's what's your thoughts on Dyer returning well I think it's great personally you sort of you this player with all this experience at the sort of very top level sort of coming back and I assume basically working for nothing effectively in the academy just because he wants to try and help out his town football club is a is a huge thing and like I say you talk about the interview with Terry Butcher like I say these these are two guys that have achieved huge amounts in the game and they are back here because they love Ipswich Town Football Club and they talk about the Ipswich way and I say it's just like I say I speak to a few of the sort of parents of the academy players sort of as and they all say like he's come in there, he's really working the players hard, the sort of fitness levels, the professional levels. It's he's he's not coming there just to sort of sort of put his feet up as the under twenty threes manager. He's getting really heavily involved with both the twenty threes and the eighteens and the sixteens below them. And I say, you, I know it's not a results game at that age, but you look at the results for the twenty threes and the eighteen since he's come back in. And like I say, I, I don't know who's pushing it, and I don't know why but he's he's there with an with an eye on the future manager job at Ipswich Town he he wouldn't be here doing this job if he if he didn't think he had some hope of getting that job and and again it's it's embracing history which historically we've seemingly tried to avoid doing which I I just don't get and I would be disappointed if if the Ipswich job came up in the next calendar year if Dyer wasn't on the long list I think I'd be a bit disappointed whether he's ready I'd be, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't on the short list for it and like i say there's some fans saying oh well he needs to drop down the leagues it's like we're in league one now this yeah. is the level people yeah. need to drop down to we're not a top-end championship club now picking up players from there yeah. this this is where we are now he's he's an impressive bloke he's he's really impressed me in in the in the kind of the dealings that i've had with him i've got to know him a little bit he's he's really got something about him he's 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 taking this seriously like joe said this isn't this isn't just a hobby for him. This is something he. This is something he really wants and really believes that he can do. Um, whether right now he'd be ready for it, I don't know. And he would definitely need some some experience alongside him. But I, I could see him managing Ipswich in the not too distant future, certainly. And I think he would be he would be someone that everybody would get behind, and he would be someone that could help move this plan that we've heard so much about. He could be someone that could move that move that forward. I'd, yeah. I'd hate to go and see see him manage someone else because I think exactly. as soon as as soon as he was out the out of the building, I don't think we'd ever. Like I say, people talk about oh Tony Mowbray would be a good manager for us. Realistically, if you don't get them at the start, the chance of the stars aligning at the point when you need a new manager and they're available becomes slim to none. Yep. Let's um let's finish off the year in terms of the news. 
we've we've obviously if you want to hear about the results then um i can recommend the kings of anglia podcast is it um and the blue monday no blue monday podcast from the last obviously few few weeks and months um but we've we, this is when things start to you know we've we've talked about the doncaster defeat um and then things you know we've then, we've then got hull and charlton effectively haven't we um lambert in november quoted saying things are in a better place than when he took over um and then after hull there's there's no confidence problem i think some of the stuff we've talked about before suggests otherwise and then we've got this blue action banner graham that appears at playford road and then there's one on the perimeter fence what's what's your view on i guess everyone as long as it's respectful has a, a right to protest but Blue Action has obviously been very pro-Lambert early on, and Lambert had mm. ingratiated himself with them. Um, quite a symbolic moment for you, that? I'm not sure whether it was a symbolic moment, because like, like I said earlier, I, I, I do think how things have gone in recent weeks that, that Paul Lambert kind of has a chance, he still has a chance to turn it around. It was a... Yeah. It was a big moment in terms of... it was, the, I guess it was kind of the, you know, the first visible protest other than... Other than him getting booed off and stuff we, we did ask to speak to kind of blue action for them to you know come on the radio at the time but they didn't they didn't particularly want to um how many people were kind of behind that i'm i'm not i'm not so sure but i think it, for paul lambert that would have been water off a duck's back really although when he when he comes on interviews post-match and says he doesn't feel pressure and things like that i think i think the signs are that he you know he, he clearly does but whether he's whether he's affected by by banners at training grounds i'm not so sure um, more more offended by questions about player photos at Oxford, eh, Andy? Um, wink, 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 nudge. Um, and 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 then there's a, there's then there's the protest that's arranged for the Swindon game. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Then we have the press release to be careful what you wish for, which is a week later is kind of um, is is apologised for and and all that kind of stuff. And there's just lots of silliness, guys, isn't there for? quite a while and then and then you know the Dizel three-year contract thing where I mentioned before comes out and you think that's good news he does the Evans does the 20k check for the NHS and stuff like that you just think we really don't help ourselves you know it's, it's all a bit frustrating and all a bit panto as I said and I guess it tis the season and all that kind of stuff but unfortunately we, we're then seeing kind of these results aren't we we've mentioned you know the um the Doncast, the situation we've we've then there's Sunderland away, which Graham you alluded to the, to the luck in that match. Didn't mention the Lincoln defeat, which again perhaps a, a unfortunate circumstances, but you've got the sending off for Nolan. Um, but out of all the cups at this point as well, Hull Charlton um, draw with Oxford, which was just really really dull and really uninspiring. And then kind of this, you know, we talked about the Burton win in February, then Plymouth go away and fortunate perhaps there's some more luck evening itself out perhaps although i think that sending off was probably fair enough for plymouth um, and we should have had a penalty and we should yeah. have had a penalty but then followed it up with and then we're now we're coming yo-yoing up and down aren't we defeat to portsmouth predictable um burton got there in the end and, and now we're kind of back into the c-word kind of panto but you don't I, I guess my question to all of you before we we've kind of got some questions um, just to sum up the, the year where do we stand many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. I mean, Graham, you're, you're kind of glass half full, which is excellent tonic. I, I really wasn't. I wasn't oh. a few weeks ago, but okay. results just res- results in this league. In I'm league. just thinking, right, yeah. Just thinking big picture. Shrewsbury have completely turned the season on its head for me. After, and after they, the, they sat the manager after we beat them, though, didn't they? So they have had a change. Yeah, but they've beat, they, it, I just look at the results of the beaten top teams. It's given me hope. It's given me hope that everyone's as bad as we are. Yeah, and the teams at the top, the teams at the top are going to are going to drop more points in town. Just if they could just get a couple of wins against these these other top teams, that there is potential for them to to sneak in. I did, I did say at the start of the season, somewhere in the playoffs is where I'd like to think Ipswich Town might finish. And a, a couple of weeks ago, I said there's, there's just absolutely no chance. But the way the way things have gone of late, I, I still think there's an opportunity, especially with with players coming back for town. I, I think, although it's it's not great at all what's happening at the moment, and we're gonna we're gonna lose some games um, due to the pandemic. It might not be the worst time in the world for for Ipswich Town not to be playing football, and, and, and when we get into the new year with a, with a couple of players coming back, they could they could really have a go at this. Yeah, Andy, the the injuries. You know, Graham's mentioned that as well. Um, and in terms of where do we stand? You can't discount this just huge, massive injury list. The fact that Jim Henry, the fit, the the um, sports science, is it or um, fitness coach, is now is kind of whatever is it both okay? Um, is kind of Zoom consultant <laughs> yeah. now or whatever that situation is. But w- where do you stand? Do you think if, if you, you know, Downs coming back, um, maybe Vincent Young starting to yeah. uh, more Ward, yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know why, but I do feel a little bit more positive than I did a, a few weeks ago. I, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling to to feel that they can turn it around to the extent that they're going to need to, both on the pitch and sort of in the court of public opinion as well. Um, but for some reason, I am starting to feel that a little bit more positive. But the the overall feeling is that they still haven't answered the questions that were left over from last season. That's 
so it just feels still in limbo for me. My my opinion remains kind of floaty, limbo land that I, I don't, I haven't had the questions answered that I wanted answered from from hanging over last season. But I do, I do also hope that Flynn, Flynn in particular, coming back, Vincent Young's a new a new dimension. If they can get back, and, and even someone like 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 Guion Edwards, who hit a, a nice little run of form, didn't he? Scoring goals that that they can maybe, maybe just maybe get something going in the new year once they can get that team. So I'm not sure Lambert's put the team out on the pitch that he would choose to play no. every week at all this season. Joe, you, you climbed off the fence on Lambert quite a while ago. Um, are you taking any positives or are you, are you, yeah, I, I don't want to put words in Graham or Andy's mouth there, um, but are, are you able to see the bigger picture and think that things might improve? Or are you still thinking the manager still just doesn't convince you enough to suggest that better times around the corner? I think the issue the issue for me is that the manager doesn't convince me. But on the on the flip side, if you can put out Kane Vincent Young, Guion Edwards, Teddy Bishop, Flynn Downs, and James Norwood, those five are going to go into the team and make any team in this league better. And with with those five, I, I don't think we'll become a better organized team or a more functional team. We'll, we'll just become a better team by virtue of having better players and sort of like I say I'm not, I'm not in with Ipswich Town just for this season for us to try and go up it's a long-term thing that I want us to become established back well I, I suppose the height of our ambitions is a sort of top-end championship team and I, I just don't see that the manager is the, is the is the one that is going to be able to do that even if he might be able to push us into the top six this season with the quality of play we have in this because we have a I say we we have we have quality players for this league, but as as of next season, it's just going to get more difficult with regards to the salary cap. We're going to lose a huge amount of players in the summer. It's it's unavoidable that we do that. And where, where do we go from there? If Lambert gets us to fifth, sixth, because Shrewsbury go on a good run and they beat all the top teams, and Peterborough keep dropping points, that we end up being a top six team. We play in the playoffs, we lose because of teams better organised than we are. And then we end up back in this league next season with a worse team. Is Lambert the manager to lead us forward? And for me, he's just not. So it's it's not it's not a case of wanting to lose so he gets fired. But I think that like I say, you just that Shrewsbury game, had had we lost that game there and it and it did feel like a defeat, what would the mood of the stadium been sort of by the time we played sort of Burton? Would that have been enough for almost to flip that game on its head and have us lose that game? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, guys, I've got these questions and thank you for sticking with us, by the way, as well, because I think I said I said to Graham and Andy uh, and to Joe that will be will be about an hour. And I don't know whether there are clocks in your houses that you've been kind of looking at, but we're in the top corner of the screen. So, yeah, but I, I really like that we've kind of we're, we're, we've ended at a point of where there are. There are th- there are there's the wider picture. There's a bigger picture, Graham. I think that you've. you've I think your time your timing's been really good because, like I say, I think if you'd have done this two or three weeks ago, oh, well, our podcast <laughs> this would have been the podcast of doom. It really would. But uh, yeah, I've I've um, maybe, maybe it's because it's Christmas. We're bringing but, joy uh, and goodwill. Um, let's let's do. I've, I've I've asked the guys in advance. Um, just a uh, six or seven, is it? Questions or um, scores out of ten for stuff. Um, the best win of 2024 for you. Let's start in the kind of 
order clockwise from me graham your your favorite win of 2020 uh i think i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 4-1 at blackpool and i'm gonna say I, i'm having blackpool down as a top side now given their form so so, 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 so ta- town have actually beaten two of the top teams now because they've beaten accrington who if they win all the games in hand they go top of the league and they've beaten blackpool as well uh town was just really really clinical weren't they against blackpool yep. that day um, Bishop and Edwards on song. It was this really nice purple patch of the season as well. Sadly, those two players are injured now. But where might Town be had Gwen Edwards stayed fully fit, had Teddy Bishop stayed fully fit for a longer period of time? I think at that stage, was Bishop in, in double figures in terms of starts, which, which I never thought we'd see again at one point in the season? So, yeah, 4-1 at, at Blackpool this season is my, uh, my, my win of the year. Andy? I've also got that one written down, but in the interest of uh, making things a bit different, um, I really enjoyed the win at Tranmere back in um, yes. is, is that January or was that February? Um, February, back, I think. Back, back, going back to last season, I, I really enjoyed that game. The manner that they did it, the, it was a late goal. Um, fans on the as well. Exactly. It was a, that was a really good one. And at the time, <laughs> that was yet another... Yeah, it was a beach, wasn't it? I'd forgotten about the state of that place. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that... Um, that was maybe another of the false dawns that we can look back on as because that game felt like that could be a kick, a real kick for something. It wasn't, but at the time it was great. Really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Tramir away. That was a good and, and Liverpool. I, I think I yeah we stayed over there and had a night out there. That was good. Um, Joe, winner of the season of winner twenty twenty for you. Well, I'd like to firstly point out that I did say to Rich, shall we send our answers in so we don't all say the same thing? Because I also have Blackpool away written down. That's fine. That's fine. See, <laughs> but I... it, it, it just felt like we'd we'd had that sort of poor game at um, Milton Keynes, but we just sort of bounced back to life and it was a really impressive win. Good goals from sort of players all over the pitch. And it sort of, it, it felt like we, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're a decent team. Their form... Sort of their their positioning table doesn't sort of show how decent the team they are, and we went there and beat them. And all of a sudden, those people then said, "Oh yeah, but look at them; they're down the league." But as Graham was saying, they are they're they're a good side, and that was a that was a really good win there. Um, favorite goal again? We'll start with, with Joe, so that you don't feel like you everyone else has given the answer first. I, I mean, there, there might be not other answers, so what I don't want to have to do is people going off and having to. Oh yeah, do you remember that? We you know that goal against so and so. What was your favorite goal? Um, I went for Teddy Bishop's goal against Gillingham. Um, we sort of had the we'd had a couple of bad defeats, the sort of Doncaster game, and it was a it was a game at home where we hadn't played that well. well we'd done okay in the first half, but it was a sort of goal which we're not seeing now, where you've got six or seven men in the box. This is sort of two, three minutes left in the game, and sort of Chambers is up on one wing, crossing the ball in. It ends up at Stephen Ward. So your fullbacks, your 35-year-old fullbacks, I should say, are pushed on right into the edge of their box. And it comes back. It's a really, really nice finish. And like I say, we were trying to win the game and get men forward. Yep. Andy? I'm going to go with the very first goal of 2020. James Norwood at Wickham from that quick free kick from Luke Garbutt from the left. You could see James sort of wink, nudge, wink, ju- wink, nudge. Come on, Alan Judge, put that ball down, cross it. That's a little bit of me, that goal. A clever, really clever <laughs> goal. Um, really enjoyed that. And at that point, you thought, well, hang on, five-year contract for the manager, winning away, I think Wickham were top at the time, live on Sky, everything, all of Ipswich Town's problems were being solved in that one moment. And then they went and conceded a silly there goal. 
Will Norris got got lobbed again, and it and it all kind of returned to normal. But for a brief period, it all came together perfectly that day. And we because we rarely score from set pieces these days, it's so enjoyable when we do. But lovely diving header, wasn't it? I think at the far post. Mm. Um, I've written down three. Can I have three? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick one winner out of these three. But I've got two Norwood goals: uh, James Norwood versus Accrington at Portman Road. Uh, and Norwood v Portsmouth in the FA Cup just a few weeks ago. Uh, they would, It was just James Norwood saying, look at me, I'm the, I'm the best finisher at the club. No one else at the club can score goals like this, particularly the one against Portsmouth when Sears just played it through. It was like one touch into, into Norwood. Lovely little you know, side past the goalkeeper. Uh, but my pick is going to be uh, Armando Dobras against Gillingham in the trophy, which was just a, a brilliant occasion. And I also enjoyed that match for the fact that um, Paul Lambert tended not to do uh, pre-match and post-match after trophy games, but because of the, the manner of the Gilligan game, when all the kids were on the pitch and they put in this display, who turns up post-match after the win? I love that. this. <laughs> and he still moaned, though, didn't he? <laughs> I like we should be playing round. this competition. When they were the, in the Youth Cup the other week, coming back against Fulham, I noticed in the in the, the pre-match presser for the following CD game, um, he, he was asked about the win, and, and Paul Lambert pointed out, well, you know, some some of these players that were playing against Fulham, they they've been in the first team, and um, you got to think about the manager that puts them in there. But yeah, I'll go for, I'll go for Dobra against Gillingham. That was a great occasion. I can't believe no one's picked Chambers versus Blackpool, so I'm just going to chuck very, that. Very very good as well. That was my fourth, <laughs> because I did three versions of that video with the footage. Um, Moving on, I, I was I was going to ask for the best signing, but the pool is really very small, so I'm going to skip that. Georgia one. Allen. Oh, for for the ITC women. Yeah, hat trick the other week against Harlow. Georgia Allen. Or, or Stephen I, I, was, I was just thinking for the long term. I think I think David Cornell might actually turn out to be a very good keeper for us. I, I, do you know what? I tried my best to skip it, and you guys uh, <laughs> give me answers. It's fine. It's my, fine. Answer, my answer Drone is going to be Dazelle's Dazelle's new contract because I couldn't bring myself to pick any of the others. Uh, well, yeah, and best moment then of 2020 again. Not a not a massive pool to choose from, Graham. Uh, I think what have I put down? I think I've put Lambert. Yeah, I've put Lambert turning up post match after the Gillingham after the Gillingham win. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, and and also the the last season ending early. We just we got rid of it. Thank God. Um. It's not necessarily a best moment, but I think the the one I remember this season for um, was an incident after the Fleetwood game where I made an absolute fool of myself in front of Joey Barton. It was really wet that night, really wet. And like around the edge of Portman Road, the pitch is banked, so it's kind of going up. I went to speak to him after the game, walked up the bank and completely fell flat on my face into the mud. So then I stood up covered in mud to interview Joey Barton, um, and that he he loved it, and that's that's. that's <laughs> I've not heard of this. Yeah, he's probably, yeah. Judged, he's probably judged he was a weak character now because of that. Yeah, probably. We'll hear about that before the January game. But that was my uh, that's that will be my overriding memory of being a football journalist uh, in the first half of this year, and then uh, yeah, obviously being in empty stadiums in the second, which isn't isn't such a good memory. No, um, Joe. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's more football related in that when sort of Luke Wolfenden scored his first goal for the club at, against Lincoln at home, gave us 10 points from five. We were momentarily top of the league in January and it's like maybe the club does know what it's doing. But the other the other um, one is 
Harley Curtis's late winner against Fulham in the Youth Cup. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, good, good call. I didn't mention that. Um, and, and I've got to your list here as well, and that's um, that is the, the the tweet that went round of of Di Cornell catching the ball wearing one shirt and then <laughs> yeah. throwing it out wearing it wearing a different shirt. That was a, that was a big moment. As I, yeah, Craig Fimbo, I think was well, someone claimed credit for that one, but I think that might have been Craig. Um, let's merge player of twenty twenty and young player of twenty twenty because they may or may not be the same, Joe. Well, I went for the player of 2020 because there's very little, very few players that have gone, sort of played enough to sort of get it. And I went for Luke Chambers because I thought he's actually been consistent through the back end of last season and the start of this season. I wonder if Andy pulled all his average ratings out, who it would be, sort of mm-hmm. with the provider that they've played enough games. And for the young player, I've gone for Andre Dazelle. I just think Luke Wolfenden's form dipped in January last year and he hasn't recovered it this season as good as good as he was sort of for the first half of last season I don't think he's hit those heights since so sort of Andre Dazelle as a young player and Luke Chambers as the player and have you been pulling your stats as no. Joe suggested or was uh, it a bit more of a impromptu thing? No, I did do this earlier in the season and Luke was quite high up I've got the exact same pair down um Luke Chambers as the player and Andre Dazelle as the young player but the player I've, I've enjoyed watching most um, who I'll give it to actually is Teddy Bishop. I know he's barely. I know he's he's injured now. He didn't play so much first half of the year, but just to see him doing what he can do and a reminder that he's actually quality quality football player. Just got to get him fit. So really with a look with a look ahead to twenty twenty one and the hopeful of a of another good run of fitness for him. Let's go. Let's go, Teddy Bishop. Graham. Uh, toss up between Dizelle and Chambers. I think Dizelle's kind of stole it towards the end of this year, um, but Chambers, as, men- as, we've, as we've all mentioned now, the fact that he, he stays fit and he's he's very consistent and he, he puts his heart and soul into it. Um, one of those two, I'll, I'll probably give it to Dizelle again, a bit like Teddy Bishop. I never thought I'd see Dizelle start double figure games in a season, and he's he's done that. He's stayed fit and. Um, it's it's just great to, to see him being given a run uh, for young player because I've gone for Dizel for, for the for the senior player. I've I've circled two. I think I'm going to give it to Armando Dobra. I know he's not played a great deal, but he's ju- he's he just he excites fans. We we we're so pleased that he hasn't gone out on loan anywhere and that he's finally maybe shown signs that he might break into the team. Not many players can score goals like he did against Gillingham, albeit, yes, it was a trophy game against weaker opposition. Uh, the other one who I've been really pleased for this season, I think he's he's looked good when he's been involved, is, is Brett McGavin, particularly in the uh, third round FA Cup clash against Portsmouth. McGavin. Yep. But, um, but I'm going to say Dobra. I'm going to... First round, sorry. I'm, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, say, I'm just going to say Dobra for that reason. I think when you see Dobra's name on the team sheet, you're like, all right, we're, we're, we're going to be entertained at some point. I had, I had McGavin down as well because I think, yeah, he's had a, a couple of really good appearances and some set pieces that I quite like. Yeah, set pieces, very good. Um, and I had Andre Dezel as my player because um, he just does stuff that no one else in the team, I think, can do. Um, I'll, I might do this as an auction um, for the next the next few. The, these are rate, rate someone out of 10. We'll start with Paul Lambert. We'll rate the manager. Um, I'll start at a five. Anyone higher than a five? Yeah, I'm going to say. Can can you can I do a six point five? Can I, I can have decimals. That's fine. Six and a half. Joe and Andy, were you below a five or were you five? Below. Oh. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I was I was below. I didn't realise we could do point fives. Um, <laughs> can I go four point five? Point five, Jay. I went for a two. <laughs> we've, we've lost more games than we've won this year in League One. Just about, I yeah. Think, I, didn't think I, thought so, was, I thought they won 14, lost 13. Okay. Yeah, well, with, with five draws. Win percentage of 44% overall for the, for the year. One Goal and a half points per game. Three. It's mid table mediocrity, isn't it, in, in League One? Two. With, well, a, hell of, with a hell of a song, strong squad. I will say my 6.5 is, is, is from the start of this season. So I guess if I'm doing it for the for the year it would be it would be below that. Maybe it'd be um, you've got, you know, I'm go- I'll, stick, I'll stick with six point five. I'm staying there. That's what I said. Yeah. Stick with it. Stick with your convictions. Um Marcus Evans. Um I'll start with five again. Anyone higher than a five for Marcus? I went for bang on five. And we're all a little bit. No, I was, I was above five actually. Sorry, I went, yeah, I went six. I've got all my bit of paper pinned to my wall. I've given him a given him a six. Obviously, the the big the big thing he'll be questioned on is whether sticking with Lambert. I'm going to say that the five year deal was done before the start of 2020 because it because it was it just wasn't signed. Um, but I think in a year where the club has faced real financial challenge off the pitch, I think he while he's not always made the right decisions, and he certainly certainly needs to work on his public uh, public output. Um, I think in terms of maintaining employment and keeping the club. Well, we haven't know, worried for one second about the future of our club, no, have we? Not, which not is, once. Which and this year, this year of this all level, years. Uh, yeah, uh, it's if, talking if it about a ten million pound hole this season, isn't it? He's having to fill. Yeah, and that, and that's still that that's still the case. Like it's costing. Yeah, they're they're still very much in that position. It, every everything else, it'd be below the five. If 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 it wasn't twenty twenty, if we weren't talking the band C the C word or the V word, whichever one it is, um, we'd be below the five. But I think this year, I'll I'll give him a, a six. Graham, Scra- scrapes a five. I think um, yes, keeps the club afloat. And as Joe says, we've not had to to worry in that sense. But I think for somebody that. In his other businesses, specialises in in corporate hospitality. He doesn't always come across as, as particularly hospitable to to the supporters. Um, I think the good on him for the second statement, which backtracked a little bit and said maybe he's he's got that wrong, and he's he he has at least acknowledged that there have been you know some mistakes in recent seasons, but there have been a lot of them. These these are adding up now over what twelve thirteen years, thirteen um, years pretty much. As of now, I think, as of the day we're yeah. recording, scrapes are scrapes are five. Um, and and the players as a as a collective, Graham, what would you for twenty twenty? Or if it, if you'd rather just deal with the, the this first half of the season, whatever you. I'll, I'm going with the first half of the season. The fact that so many of them have been unavailable, I think, from what the manager has had to has had to pick from, I'd give them something along the line. I'd, maybe, if, I'm giving, if I'm giving Paul Lambert a 6.5, I'll probably give the, the players a bit more than that, maybe a, maybe a 7, 7.5. The fact that they're still, as we've mentioned, very much in the mix, let's give them 7.5. Yep. Handy? For the whole year, my, my rating, I've given them a 5 for for 2020. Um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably go up to... I'd go up to six, maybe for the six six for the start of this season, but over the course of the year, a, f- a five, I think. Joe, 
I went for a six just because I think they've performed better than Marcus Evans, and I gave him a five. <laughs> uh, trying to figure out. Yeah. The no. yeah, I don't know. I've now given I've now given Marcus a higher rating than the players, haven't I? Which I think mm. I disagree with. Um, anyway, numbers are numbers. Yeah, you can stats. Can you can use stats to just chuck numbers around willy nilly, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I mean it's not scientific. Don't worry. Um, and um, let's end with this because um, depending when folk listen to this, um, we might be close to the new year. A prediction from each of you for whatever that might be for Ipswich Town or whatever for 2021. Joe, we'll start with you. I went for Kieran Dyer to manage at least one game when? for the first team. And well, for yeah. I'm trying to be yeah. specific. Well, not... he's going he's to manage more than one for the under-23s, isn't he? I know, that's what I mean. I'm trying... Yes, Kieran Dyer to be the first team manager for at least one game, whether that's in a caretaker basis or whether that leads to more. Okay. Andy? Wow. Uh, mine was a, a, a bit less broad. I, I, I think Luke Chambers is going to score the first and last goal um, of the, this of the 2021 side of this season. So of, of next, sorry, this season's side of 2021. So I think he's going to score the first goal and I think he might score the last of the season as well. Where that goes beyond that and where he goes beyond that, I don't know. But Will that last goal be a playoff final victory, Andy? Um, no. Uh, but, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? And who knows? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? To complete his hat trick. <laughs> Graham, what are you saying? Uh, the Tractor Girls to win promotion. Oh, that's, yeah. But a long deserved, long overdue one as well. Um, double promotion. How about that? Double promotion, which at certain points, I think. That was definitely mentioned on the phone, and I think at some point. Um, but yeah, that would be a good way um, to make up for last season's disappointment. And fingers crossed they get through the next few weeks, which might be a little bit tricky as well. Um, that is it. I, uh, guys, thank you so much for your time. Um, Graham and Andy, particularly for, um, I know you've got commitments elsewhere, obviously, and Joe, obviously, um, a store of the pod. Always grateful to hear your views, but definitely always get good to get external perspectives and thank you so much for your time um graham um, do you want to tell us um where we can find you on twitter we obviously know the um, radio suffolk match day coverage you've got other shows new music shows on suffolk as well so feel free to use this time to do yeah some no no new music anymore no i've not been doing that now for a couple for a couple of years it's oh, it's oh, so sorry. darn busy with ipswich town oh, that, that, uh, you can tell you've not been listening lately <laughs> <laughs> No, on Twitter, it's GMAC Suffolk. Uh, I'll be back on the radio on Boxing Day uh, when we won't have any uh, any live commentary, as it were, but I'll kind of be running you through the state of play in League One. We won't even have any non-league football on Boxing Day, so it's going to be a very, very different Boxing Day for me. Um, but, yeah, that's where you'll find me. You'll find me on match days. You'll find me on uh, Thursday nights and New Year as well, the Thursday night sports social from, from 6 till 10. So we have an Ipswich Town hour. We have a non-league hour and uh, just sport across, across Suffolk in general. That's grand and always presumably keen to get people on the, the phone in post-match as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no, the, the, the more the merrier. Everyone welcome. Good to hear new voices on there as well. Fantastic. And Andy, um, we know about, all about your um, Kings, Kings of Anglia experience, but you guys have got a special that you're, when we record this tomorrow, you're going straight into another one, aren't you? Yep, double header. Um, is this, this is going out Boxing Day, right, Rich? Is that the this idea? Going out whenever at some point. Whenever. Uh, yeah. So our, our one may or may not already exist by that point, but um, 
But if it does, you can find it. If it doesn't, um, it's still to come. But um, yeah, we could. Uh, I don't. I don't know what our pod schedule is over Christmas and New Year, but I will be doing much like Graham is and, and filling the gap without uh, without football with uh, some stuff on our website. So uh, yeah, <laughs> give it give, to be to be confirmed. Um, yeah, come come give us a read. But thanks for having us on, guys. It's been really been really good to talk. Yeah, and and your tweets, your Twitter handle, your is Andy Warren with an underscore at the end because someone's already nicked my uh, my actual name, but they don't use the account. It's really irritating. Tried to, I've, I've tried to get it back, but I, I've I've been trying to get a blue tick. That's where the uh, that's where the the checkbook cash is going to go. Uh, you anyone? And just yeah, yeah, we'll see. And and is it at Kings of Anglia for the for the pod? Ooh, now you're testing me. Uh, hold on. I, I think it is. I'm it sure is. all our listeners are yeah. ready to subscribe. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, it absolutely is. At yeah, Kings of Anglia. Promotion anyway. Um, and Joe, what have you got coming up over? I mean, Blue Monday, we need to figure out what we're going to do. It's a little yeah. easy for us. But um, but where can we find you? And, and any academy stuff happening? Is that still No, going? no, I think, I think the um, summer break is, or the winter break is here now. That the fourth round or the fifth round of the youth cup draw, whichever one we're in now has been, and we either play Swindon, Bromley or the Metropolitan Police. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think the Met police face Swindon and the winner of that tie then faces Bromley and the winner of that tie then faces us. But on the same night we were beating Fulham in the third round, AFC Sudbury were beating Berry town in the first round seven nil. So it's, the competition because of COVID has sort of gone all over the place, but we're, we're in a really good position in that competition. And that was a brilliant win against Fulham. Yep. And we can find you and your Academy Twitter at, at Joe Joe fairs and at ITFC underscore Academy. Excellent. And you can find all of our stuff in the usual places at blue Monday, ITFC blue Monday pod team on Insta on Facebook, all sorts. Um, And we'll figure out at some point what we're going to do about podcasts, given the lack of, um, fixtures over Christmas, but this is clocking in at an hour and fifty-eight something minutes. So we've done a bumper, maybe fifty-eight minutes more than I thought we were going to do. So again, thank you to Graham, thank you to Andy, thank you to Joe for your time. Um, belated or Merry Christmas whenever you're listening. Happy New Year, and here's to twenty twenty-one being a little bit more jovial, more chilled, more relaxed, less crazy, less of the C word, less of the V word. <laughs> Fingers crossed for a double bubble promotion next year. Likewise, very Merry Christmas, and uh, yeah, it's great to be involved. Appreciate you uh, you having us on. Thanks, guys. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.